Well, good morning. And, uh, you know, this is the weirdest Commitment Sunday we've ever done uh, because usually Commitment Sunday is our highest attended service in the year. And um, this year is not going that way. And so it's just, you know, one of those things where you just have to say, listen, everything about this world has been weird this year, so let's just go ahead and embrace the weirdness. I hope you can appreciate the cool slash weird environment that we've created in here. Uh, Chuck spent so much time getting this designed for us, and as we were singing the songs today, uh, one of the songs was, you know, surround us with your light, and I'm like, I felt like I was in a cone of light here because the whole rest of the room is dark, and so the song just meant that much more to me. The problem is you weren't here. And so we're going to try to get back to some sort of in-person thing as soon as it makes sense to do so. We've talked about as soon as our county gets down to yellow as our advisory level, then we're going to open up the doors again for limited seating. And then when we go all the way back to blue, then we will be able to open up a little bit more broadly. We're probably still going to require masks just because we want to be as cautious as we can until uh, all the people in Lafayette to get their vaccine or um, overcome the illness or whatever it takes. So anyway, I wanted to just make sure that you were up to date on all that, but there are a couple special announcements that I wanted to bring out, first of all. So Megan gave the normal announcements, and I get to do the special announcements today. So our special announcements today, the first one I want to mention is the Million Dollar Miracle. So during Christmas season every year, we do something we call the Christmas Generosity Project. This year, we gave it a new name. We're calling it the Million Dollar Miracle, because we were trying to raise enough money to pay off a million dollars worth of medical debt for people in our nation. And um, we only raised about $2,000 during Christmas. We only raised about $2,000, just a little under that. So the church had already committed to match that, and we rounded it up to 4000 But this last week, you know, I've been trying to research other options and stuff, but this last week, I found an organization that works with the same medical debt company that we're going to, that we wanted to work with. They work with them already, but they have, <clears throat> excuse me, they have their own matching grant program going on also. And so our $4,000 is going to go into their uh, matching grant program. It's going to double to $8,000, and that's going to cover $800,000 worth of medical debt, which puts us very close to a million dollars. So I'm really excited about the fact that we're actually going to be very near a million dollars, even though we were only able to muster about $2,000. So here's the thing. God knew in advance that you were going to be able to afford what you were able to afford to give and that our church was going to be able to afford what we were going to be able to afford to give. And he set it all up for us to get very close to a million dollars anyway. So I want to share that with you. I think it's so exciting that we've got that going on and I'm really excited about that too. So that donation is, um, it's already on the way as far as I can, as far as I know, and it's going to register on their website. When it does, I will send you all the link so you can see our name on the website for that. I think it's really exciting. Then also, the next announcement that I have is even though this last year has been financially tough for us as a church, and even though this last year has been financially tough on a lot of you, and that's the reason why it would be tough on the church, um, 
we still had the ability to set aside the first 10% of everything that comes in to our church. And so as a result, our church, you know, we practice the tithe. We talk about that. We practice it. So we set aside that money throughout the year, and we currently have $7,000 available in that for us to give away. And so my plan had been to go all over town giving that money away to the organizations that we partner with this last week, and then videotape it, film it, so that I could share that with you. But it turns out that a lot of people are busy this time of uh, the year, and they weren't able to meet with me. So I was able to successfully make two donations, and the rest of them are going out. Um, We're going to probably either mail them, or I'll still try to hand-deliver them somehow. We're going to get them out there. But I wanted to let you know, we're giving $1,000 to Matrix, $1,000 to um, Hope Chapel Outreach, and we're giving $1,000 to Salvation Army and to Trinity Life Ministries. And so I'm so excited about that. We're also going to be able to give $3,000 to our missionaries in some fashion or expand how many missionaries we serve, something along those lines. So that's going to be coming up in the next month or in a couple weeks from now. We'll let you know about how the missionary thing is going. But I wanted to play a couple video clips of the uh, donations that we were able to, the connections I was able to make this last week with regard to all that. So let's play those now. Kim, we're outside. Yes, we are. It's cold. Yes, it is. And I brought you a check that I want to give you. Uh, So this check has my signature, but hopefully none of my germs. Okay. Okay. So here you go. We're giving Hope Chapel $1,000 to help them out with their uh, Wheels for Work ministry and whatever else they need. Can you uh, tell the people on the video kind of what you guys need right now, what your financial situation well, well, is? Well, first of all, I'd like to say thank you, uh, because your church has been a very uh, supportive of our ministry. You, this is not the first time, and it always seems to be, as they say, on time with God. Uh, we'll be needing tires. It's just come up. It's winter time, so we need tires. Uh, tune up all changes, uh, initially on that, and uh, this money will go to that area. It will also help us, and we do a feeding that you guys used to get until the COVID, that we've been able to keep it going uh, with awesome. feeding every uh, month, uh, I mean every Sunday now, awesome. uh, and we do to goals. And looking forward for the God to break the, uh, the COVID and so that we can get back together uh, as, a, as a family, uh, like you're showing here. And I want you to know that Hope Chapel Outreach truly appreciates your love and your continued love and your pastor's leadership and the direction that he shows that uh, we're family and he's my friends. And you are our friend and family also. So God bless you all for your continued service unto the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing that. We had a car drive by. Hope that didn't bother you so much. Hope the audio got through. Kim, we love you guys, and we hope uh, you guys just are able to continue doing some amazing ministry this year. So thanks for all the work that you guys do. Praise God. And I also want to throw in there, thank you for your prayers, because I don't know if you knew that we were in a situation where we had to relocate and have to move. Uh, We have acquired a location, the Hannah Center. We will be able to use it on Sundays and so forth. So thank you for your prayers. (laughs) Fabulous. All right. God bless you. We'll talk to you guys later. Amen. (laughs) I'd love to hang out and just learn all about what this last year has meant for you, because I'm sure you've got stories to tell. (laughs) Oh, I I have a little bit. I have a little bit of time. Okay. So if you want to hear a story, I have to think about it. (laughs) 
Well, give me the high level. Like what, what was 2020 for you? Um, for Matrix, it was flourish. I think if we could describe um, 2020 for us as, as we know, you know, 2020 was a lot of loss for a lot of people and grieving and change. And I think the main word was pivot that we heard over and over again. And I really see how in 2019, God was preparing us for 2020 to serve women um, virtually and to be equipped and ready to reach women right where they're at. Um, You know, COVID really kind of created a lot more obstacles for women who were finding out that they're pregnant, job loss, um, just all the different things that we all faced in 2020 and the uncertainty. So Matrix was there for those women and men and babies. And it, and we got creative and our team pulled together and we realized we were needed more now than ever. And God created a lot of opportunities to show women that an unintended pregnancy is him reaching out to them to say, this is your moment to choose me. So 2020 was hard, but we ended our year um, financially. It was one of the strongest years that we've had. I think people of faith really wanted to put that into action, giving women that opportunity to know that maybe all the events that led up to finding out that those two, <laughs> two lines on a pregnancy test weren't ones that they're proud of, but you know, their child was made on purpose for, for purpose and that God chose them to be a mom. We're there to show women what we're for. And we are, we believe that they're strong enough to be a mom and have a job and do all the things that they dream of and to overcome their obstacles. So abortion doesn't seem like it should even be an option because we believe in her and we know she can do it. And we're gonna walk right alongside her Um, as she takes those steps. Our goal really is to give any woman who is pregnant the opportunity to see her baby in 3D, 4D on ultrasound um, and provide her with the support that we give through options counseling. Um, And really that that strategy is 95% effective. If a woman is considering abortion and we put those two together and give her that service, if she comes in saying she's going to have an abortion, there's a 95% chance that she will leave choosing to continue her pregnancy and deliver her baby. Oh, that's awesome. Well, Melissa, I just want to thank you again for all the work that you're doing and yeah. for letting us partner with you in the level that we do. Oh, you guys, we love your partnership, your prayers, all your support. You've been there for a long time and everything counts. Everything counts. I mean, to give you an idea, um, on from the time a woman calls to the time she leaves after an ultrasound, so all the things that happen in between, it's about $150. Hmm. So a $1,000 donation is saving generations yeah. of people. Yeah. Because that one woman who chooses life and has a baby continues on and leaves a really strong legacy through the world. So it's a lot. (laughs) 
that's a lot of lives saved. Well, thank you for your encouragement and uh, know that we are praying for you. We support you guys. And so make 2021 even better than 2020. Yeah, we, we are. We're All ready right. for it. <laughs> right on. Thanks for giving me your time Thanks. today, Melissa. Okay, Thanks. we'll share this with our congregation on Sunday. God well, bless you. God bless you too. Thank you, everyone. Love you all. I'm really excited about the, um, the partnership that we have here in this community with churches and ministries. I think it's just one of the greatest parts about being in Lafayette is that we are surrounded by people who are on a very similar mission to ours. Uh, every time I talk to Melissa, I know that her agency is all about trying to save the lives of the unborn babies, but they are also m- even more deeply committed to saving the souls of the moms who are in those positions and the dads who are connected to that. And so I just love the fact that the people that I know here in Lafayette are cooperating in the kingdom and not just cooperating for a particular agenda. So I also want to share with you a couple more things that are going on today that I think that are special. Number one, of course, is that today is the first Sunday in February, which means it is a gratitude Sunday. We have gone for so long without having communion together as a church family. We've gone for so long without being able to celebrate the offerings of our tithes with each other. And so, listen, I just wanted to emphasize our uh, Gratitude Sunday today a little bit. We've got some communion supplies here for Jen, Katie, and for me. And I want to ask you, if you are at home right now, watching this, go somewhere and grab some carbohydrate and grab some sort of uh, fluid. It could be Gatorade. It could be grape juice. It could be wine. I'm not going to judge. It's, yeah, okay, so it's 10 o'clock in the morning, almost 11. But guess what? We're going to celebrate communion together. So towards the end of our time together here this morning, we're actually going to take a a brief moment on camera. We're going to celebrate communion together. And if you aren't prepared, but you can be prepared, by later on in the afternoon, then take advantage of this day with your family to just have a a spiritual moment with each other. So that's something that we're going to be doing today. And then also, of course, it's Commitment Sunday. Commitment Sunday, it's like, okay, so this is the thing that we do every year that's one of the most unique things about our church. Uh, There are other churches that do vision dinners, but we're the only church in this area that has an annually renewing membership. And so Commitment Sunday is a really important Sunday for us. It's a good day for us to celebrate. So I'm glad you're joining us in that. But let's pray and let's ask for God to guide our time through our little study today. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would guide us as we look at your word and that you would help us to be people who put you first and that you would bind us together as a community of believers who are more committed to you and to each other than anything else in the world. Lord, help us to be an expression of the true church, those who are in the family with Jesus, those who have given our lives to him and who are following him. Lord, we know that there's always going to be a struggle, there's always going to be hardship, but we pray that you would help us to be the community, be the believers together that we are supposed to be. And we pray that you would use today to make that happen. 
Lord, we love you. Thanks for giving us this time together. Would you guard the words that I say and all the thoughts in our hearts and help everything today to be shaped according to your will, your glory, your good purpose in this world. We love you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first question, of course, that I would have is Commitment Sunday. Why? I mean, why do Commitment Sunday the way that uh, we've done it in the past, and why do it this way again? You know, Commitment Sunday is the day that we usually have the highest attendance. We get more attendance on our Commitment Sundays than we do on Easter. We get more attendance on our Commitment Sundays than we do on our Christmas Eve. It's usually the biggest, most important day of the year for us, the biggest attendance. And this year it's not. And I was thinking about that. In fact, earlier this month I was thinking to myself, should we just skip Commitment Sunday and push it back to when we can all get together? Should we make our Commitment Sunday happen later on in the year, just postpone the thing? And I was encouraged not to, and I realized that we shouldn't. And so I want to share with you the reasons why we're doing it today, as I'm also sharing with you the reasons why we do it at all, the reasons why we do this tradition. And the first thing I want to share with you is that every single year, Commitment Sunday, you might not know this, but every single year, Commitment Sunday, even though it's highly exciting, even though we've got the most people here, even though the room is full and all that stuff, We usually have baptisms. We usually are celebrating all kinds of things. Even though Commitment Sunday is probably the best Sunday of the year for us, it's also a Sunday where my heart is broken every single time. Because see, there are two sides to the commitment in our church. One side is the making of the commitment, and the other side is the keeping of the commitment. And as a pastor... I tell you, one of the things that just breaks my heart the most is when I have a relationship with someone and then I watch them walk away from God, walk away from church, or walk away from a relationship with me. That happens every single year. Every single year for every pastor on the planet. They invest their lives into someone and then they see that person either fade away from Jesus or fade away from the church or fade away from a relationship with them. Every pastor knows that. Paul in the New Testament writes about that. He says, every day I might face persecution and hardship and being in chains in prison, but on top of that every day I face the burden of worrying about the church. You see, Commitment Sunday is that for me. Every year I, th- I look forward and I see the exciting things that we might be doing together as a community, but I also look backwards and I think about those who are not with us physically, not with us spiritually, or whatever. And, and it's always a little bit heartbreaking. So why do we put ourselves through this every year? Why, why do we go through the process of making these commitments, knowing that making a commitment makes it even more painful when a commitment is broken? Well, I'll share with you. I'm still committed personally to three things about commitment. And I want to share them with you today. I think they're important. And I'm sharing with you these things because I believe they're true for you. First of all, commitments kept lead to maturity. Commitments kept lead to maturity. 
I'm so amazed at the fact that whenever I look at Scripture, I see time and time again the story of a person who grows because they stuck with something. They grow spiritually because they endured through a hardship. They grew spiritually because they faced some adversity and stayed in the relationship. It's the way it always works in Scripture. And so one of the reasons I ask you to make a commitment once a year, and I ask myself to make that commitment once a year, is that I know without commitment, maturity doesn't happen. Let me share with you this verse. Of course, you're familiar with this. We talk about it frequently, and it's one of the verses that I hate and love at the same time. Because James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face, brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. The amazing part of that is that the trials and the hardships don't produce growth. The trials and the hardships don't produce maturity. The trials and the hardships, nor does the relationships with the friends and family members that you have in your church family, that doesn't produce maturity. What produces maturity is perseverance. James says perseverance needs to finish its work so that you can be mature and complete, not lacking anything. This last week, as I was reading through my just sort of devotional reading, I came across a passage in Genesis. It's it's the one where God asks Abraham to sacrifice his son. And of course, I would love to spend a lot of time talking about the significance of that, how uh, Isaac was the son of a promise. God gave Isaac to Abraham as a miracle gift to Abraham. And then God says, I gave you Isaac. I can take him back. Go sacrifice him. It's a story of, of the incredible commitment that Isaac had, who with enough strength in his body could have run away from the altar, but instead Stayed. There's so much about that story I'd love to unpack, but there's this phrase that struck me this last week that I want to share with you. Abraham says to his servants at the foot of the mountain, stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship and then we will come back to you. You see that? There's something in what, what Abraham said. He doesn't say, We are going there and I will come back. He says, I and the boy will go over there. We will worship. He knows that sacrifice is going to happen. He knows that worship is going to happen. He's prepared for sacrifice and worship. But even though he's prepared for sacrifice, he says, we will come back. How in the world? God said, sacrifice your son. Abraham is ready to sacrifice his son but he says, we will come back. This is one of those times where the Old Testament doesn't explain itself, but the New Testament does. In Hebrews 11, verse 19, it says this, Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. And so in a manner of speaking, he did receive Isaac back from death. Here's the amazing thing. Abraham was convinced (laughs) that Isaac was gonna die. He was convinced that the knife would come down. He was convinced the sacrifice would happen. And he was also convinced we will come back. 
The we will come back, that's a statement of faith. But what you need to know is that all along that journey, Abraham was committed to that faith. He was committed to God. He was committed to obedience. And he was willing to persevere all the way through. We find out in the story, he lifts the knife and an angel stops him. It's perseverance that leads to growth. It's endurance that leads to maturity. And so the reason every year I ask you to make a commitment is that I want you to have something to rebel against so that when you don't rebel against it, you grow. As opposed to what we usually do with our lives. We just kind of live our lives generically and the next thing happens and the next thing happens and the next thing happens. We ask for commitment because we want you to have something that makes your life a little bit more difficult this next year so that when you pursue, when you endure, when you persevere, you will grow. But the amazing thing is that if we do that together, If I make that commitment and you make that commitment and all of us make that commitment and we all grow together, what happens when people grow together is that they also grow together. In other words, commitments kept lead to unity. We believe that God's church on this planet needs to be unified. We believe that God's church on this planet needs to be united. Last night I shared at our vision dinner that one of the lessons we should all learn from 2020 is how powerful a group of people with a shared understanding of the world can be when they decide to take action. This last year, you might have seen a group of people that you did not agree with. You didn't share their point of view. You didn't share their belief, but you can't deny their effectiveness. You can't deny that when a group of people share a belief and they move as one, They do powerful things. I'm calling us to commitment because commitments kept lead to unity. When we grow together, we grow together. Take a look at what we read in the book of Ephesians. It says this, So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service. Here's the question. Why do you need to have a pastor Why do you need to have a teacher? Why do you need to have an evangelist? Why do you need to have an apostle? Why do you need to have a prophet? Well, let's just cover the obvious. The reason you need to have an apostle, someone who is sent, is because people have been wandering. The reason you need a prophet who speaks for God is because people have been listening to other voices. The reason you need an evangelist is that people are lost and destined for hell unless God enters their life and saves them. The reason you need a pastor is that people are sheep. The reason you need a teacher is that people are not intelligent enough yet, or the people don't have the information they need yet. The reason you need these people is that other people have needs. Now, the problem is that when I'm the person with the need, I don't want to acknowledge that someone else has the answer. 
I never want someone else to solve my problem. I want to solve my own problem. I never want to be in that situation where I'm the sheep and someone else has to take their rod and staff and nudge me along. I never want to be in the situation where I'm ignorant and someone else has to teach me. But that's the way life works. The reason Jesus gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers is simply because we need them. We all need them, every one of us. But see, that's uncomfortable. It's difficult. But when it happens, when we commit ourselves to our leaders, when we commit ourselves to being guided by the person who's farther down the road than we are, when we commit ourselves to being shepherded by the shepherd, when we commit ourselves to being taught by the teacher and keep those commitments, look what happens so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. We need these leaders in our lives because when we persevere with that kind of leadership in our lives, the end result is that the body of Christ gets built up and we reach unity, tightly linked with maturity. I want us to make commitments because commitments kept lead to maturity and commitments kept lead to unity. But there's one more reason that we do the Commitment Sunday every year. It's because commitments kept are a testimony. When you look at the world around you, you see a lot of individualism. And the mantra of individualism is... I will do what I want as long as I want. I will do what I want as long as I want. And if what I want changes, then I will stop doing that thing and I will do the other thing because I no longer want to do that thing and so I change. The mantra of our society in this world is I will keep a phone just so long as this phone works for me and then I'll swap it out. And I will keep a car just so long as this car works for me and then I will swap it out. And I will keep a relationship just so long as this relationship works for me and then I will swap it out. And I will keep a church just so long as this church is working for me and then I will swap it out. And I will keep my God just so long as he's working for me and then if he's not, I will swap him out for some other version of God that some other person tells me is okay for me to adopt. We've done it time and time again. But that mantra of individualism is the mantra of the world around us. And when a group of people do something different, that's called a witness. When a group of people say, I won't embrace this individualism mantra, I will embrace the communal nature of God's church. When a group of people says, I will invest myself in the others around me, that is a testimony. Listen, one of the major reasons this last year there were groups of people who did powerful things is that there are always people who are attracted to the groups. People are attracted to the groups that seem like they have solidarity. People are attracted to the groups that seem like they're, they have a relationship with them. In fact, I've seen news report after news report from people who have come out of the QAnon movement saying the reason they were in the QAnon movement is because they found a family there. 
I can't tell you enough. The family is the testimony. And whether the statements inside the family are true or false, people will be attracted because of the family. We have the best truth in the world. We have the truth of the message of Jesus. We have the truth of his love for us. And because we have the best message in the world and we have the best truth in the world, then we should have the best family in the world so that people will see that testimony and be drawn to it. Jesus says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. We've read it before. We know it's true. Jesus says it. But just to reaffirm it all over again, the nature of the family that we are determines whether people see us as being God's people or our people. I want the world to know that we are a church not because we like each other. I want the world to know that we're a church not because we think this style of music is cool. I want the world to know that we're a church not because we all share the same belief system or the same political structure or the same time frame in our lives or we all work the same shift or whatever. I want none of the things that draw us together earthly to stand in the front of who we are and why we are. Because I want the world to look at us and say, I have no idea why they're together, but it's obvious they love each other. And if they say they love each other, and I have no earthly reason why they're together and why they love each other, the only remaining answer is it must be God. I want us to be a people who testify to the world by our love for each other, regardless of anything else, that God is the reason. Jesus is the reason for our unity. Now, of course, that doesn't happen unless we are so committed to each other that love becomes visible. Sometimes love is easy. Sometimes the other person is kind to you and it's easy to be kind back to them. Sometimes love is hard. And it's commitments that are kept that lead to the love that reveals Jesus above all. Jesus defines that kind of love for us. He says, this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. We know what love is. Love is sacrifice. And sacrifice is never easy, and sacrifice never happens without a commitment. On the night before he was crucified, Jesus was in the garden. And he said to his Father in heaven in a prayer, he said, not my will, but yours be done. That was the moment of commitment. And it was that commitment that allows Jesus to go through the cross. So the reason we do Commitment Sunday is that Commitment Sunday helps you become mature. Commitments help us become unified. And commitments are the engine underneath our testimony to this world. I want you to join us this year enthusiastically 
And I want you to say, this year, unlike any previous year, this is going to be my year for a full-on, real, long-lasting commitment. We ask you to make a commitment for one entire calendar year, 12 months. We don't ask you to make a commitment that lasts until you feel like you need to go somewhere else. We don't ask you to make a commitment that lasts until you get upset with someone in this church. We ask you to make a commitment for one year because we think that you need a commitment that you can't get out of. And I need a commitment that I can't get out of. I make a commitment for this whole year too. And we're in it together. And because we're in it together, we can grow, we can be united and we can have a testimony in this world. So I'm going to share with you our membership covenant. I'm going to read through the whole thing. I don't have time to explain all of the things in detail. That's available on our blog. That's available in the previous Commitment Sundays if you want to watch some of them. If you know you're ready to make this commitment, then you know. And if you aren't familiar with what our covenant says, then you're not ready to make this commitment today, and we're okay with that. We have two levels of commitment in our church. Level number one is what we would call associate. An associate says, I don't know if I can keep this whole covenant, but I know I want to be with you guys for this year. So an associate commitment is a year-long commitment to hang out with us. Both of our commitments are year-long commitments. The associate one is a year-long commitment to hang out with us, to be wherever we are, virtually, in person, whatever it is, to hang out with us, to learn more about this commitment that we all share. The membership commitment is the one that says, I'm all in. And so for this year, I'm going to do all of these things in the fellowship that we call Lafayette Community Church. So I'm going to share with you the covenant, but as you can see on your screen right now, hopefully, um, well, maybe you don't see it at home, but there's a QR code that uh, maybe I can ask us to put as an overlay uh, on my slide on my little notes here. I've got the QR code, but I forgot to ask for it to be on our overlay there. Maybe we'll get it. Looks like we got it. So you can just Click on that and it will take you right to the membership covenant form that will show you exactly what I'm reading. So here we go. I'm going to go ahead and read through it. God is my heir. We use the metaphor of heir because of our need for God. In every aspect of my life, God comes first. His word is my only authority. His son is my only salvation. His glory is my greatest desire and I give him the first of my every opportunity. Specifically, I have given my life over to Jesus as my Savior and Lord. I have followed him in the waters of baptism. I will submit my life to the mandates of the Bible, stand up for God's honor, and invest the first portion of my time, talent, and treasures in the work of his kingdom. If you're ready to make that commitment today, I'm excited by that. Join us. Secondly, God's family fuels my fire. The Spirit dwells in me, but His power is revealed in community. I intentionally prioritize Christian relationships because I have something to give and something to receive. Specifically, I affirm the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life and heed the guidance He gives through the counsel of others in this church. I will view this community as my spiritual family and offer my time, talent, and treasure here before serving or giving elsewhere. I will prioritize the weekly gatherings, even virtual, for worship and join a core group as soon as they show up again. 
I will pray for and support my leaders, love my fellow believers, and vigorously defend the unity of this church. If you're ready to make that commitment, that excites me. I'm ready to do it with you. It says, I am God's earth. God is still creating me. I started as dust, but I'm becoming like Jesus. I rejoice in trials and hardships because Christ suffered for me, and I am a living sacrifice transformed by the truths of God. Specifically, I will pursue opportunities for spiritual growth. I will root out sin in my life through regular self-examination and confession of sin both to God and to accountability partners. And in all areas of uncertainty, I will submit first to the clear teaching of the Bible, then to the leaders God has placed over me, and finally after prayer to my own conscience. If you're ready to make a commitment like that, I'm excited and I'm ready to make it with you. Finally, it says, the world needs my water. I have the living water of Christ in me. Infinite refreshment is mine in Christ, and I unlock it in me when I give it to others. I eagerly risk embarrassment to offer others the living water of Jesus. Specifically, I employ everything I am and everything I have for the benefit of others beginning in this church and extending to the world around me. To help others find full life in Christ, I will work to serve them, befriend them, share my faith with them, invite them to join me in this church, and help them know the gospel so they too can experience the life I have been given. I will rely on God to refresh me as I strive to refresh others. If you're ready to make that commitment... I'm excited by that. I'm ready as well. But before we do that, if you are prepared for a time of communion, I want to share that with you. And so we're going to pause here. We're going to share some communion with each other. I'm going to ask Jen and Katie to, wherever Katie is, to come back up and join me here. We're going to join you in communion. And then I have one more verse I want to read. And we will end with a time of prayer and reflection over our commitments. So, Jen, would you come on up here? Find a spot in this light cone with me. (laughs) The Apostle Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The main reason we can make any commitment whatsoever is because Jesus made that kind of commitment for us. He sacrificed his life for us. The least we can do is give him our lives in return. And so the first commitment we make is a commitment to Jesus himself. And we say, Jesus, thank you for giving your body. Thank you for shedding your blood. Thank you for bringing us into the community of faith. 
We receive that today. If you're ready, let me pray for us and we'll share a moment of quiet communion together. Lord God, we ask that you would bless this moment for those who are prepared with elements of bread and wine or grape juice and for those who are not with the physical elements of communion. Lord, I just pray that you would help us to enter into this moment reflecting on the immense gift that Jesus has given to us, sacrificing his life for us. We want to thank you for giving so much to us, and we receive it with gratitude, we receive it with humility, we receive it with conviction. We love you. We pray that you would turn this into a spiritually nourishing meal for us and for all of us who are able to participate in whatever fashion we can even if it's not even on Sunday, if it's some other time during this week. Lord, we just ask that you would meet us in this moment. And we pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. We'll take a few moments in quiet now for you to celebrate communion wherever you are. And so now, we're going to end our broadcast. I'm going to pray for you one more time. But I invite you. I invite you to make the commitment that God is leading you to make. Today, at the very least, renew your commitment to Jesus himself. Let him know you love him and that you want to learn how to love him more. Let him know you believe in him and you want to believe in him more. Let him know he's the Lord of your life, but you want him to be even more in control. Let him know that you are all in with him. And then I ask you to make a commitment to this family. The reason we are a church is because God has called us to be a unique expression of his family in this part of Indiana. We've got a mission to do, and we can't do it unless we're together. But if we're together, God can do some amazing things in us, through us, and from us for the sake of the world. Just today, we were able to, through financial gifts, make a huge difference in a number of different ministries around here, and who knows how many lives that's going to touch. But in order for us to be able to do that kind of stuff, we need to be together We need to be unified. We need to be people on a mission with each other. So I ask you to make a commitment to this fellowship. 
Whether it's an associate commitment or a member commitment, let's just rejoice in the fact that today we can make those commitments with each other. And then, I'm asking you to actually make a commitment to just do the thing online and to fill out the form online and click that button and to send it in so that we know that you are with us. Uh, We will have uh, membership forms and we will have um, membership cards, commitment cards available whenever we get back in person so that you can can have a physical one that you sign. We definitely want to still have something along those lines if you want to do that, but it's digital today and we all have to live with that. But let me ask for your heart, not just your online experience. And let's pray. God, we ask that today you would solidify in us our relationship with you and our commitment to each other. We thank you for bringing us together as a family, even though we aren't present in the same room right now. Lord, I ask that you would be at work and that you would do some amazing things in and through us this year. Lord, 2020 was difficult. We don't expect 2021 to really be any easier. It's just going to have different challenges. It's just going to have new challenges. And so, Lord, I pray that you would help us to be so mature and maturing, so unified and growing in unity, and so in love with you and growing in love with you, that we would have a testimony in this world unlike any other. Lord, cause us to be effective at bringing you to the people who need you. And we pray that you would make yourself evident even in our midst and even in our hearts. Thank you for giving us this time together today. Thank you for the work that you are still doing in our lives and in our midst. God, we love you. Thank you for all that you are and all that you've done. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to be looking online to keep track of the commitments that are coming in all week long, and we'll give you some sort of report on the numbers as they show up during the week, so stay tuned to our uh, digital media, our apps, our website, all that kind of stuff. We'll keep you posted. Love you guys. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message from Lafayette Community Church. We are all about helping you live the life you were made to live. God made you. God loves you. And his plans for you are perfect. So if you are anywhere near Lafayette, Indiana, join us this weekend at one of our worship gatherings. And wherever you are, check us out online at lafayettecommunitychurch.com.